And we had new numbers today from cancer researchers that were both good and bad. The good news is, thanks to better detection and treatment, people are living longer. The bad news is that there is fear that rising numbers and gaps in data could undermine those gains. Really, now, uh, the data shows, and it was 2018, that was the most recent numbers available, uh, that 1.5 million people in this country are, are living with, had been diagnosed with cancer in the past 25 years. That's one out of every 25. That's up from one in 34 a decade earlier. So again, we're getting better at treating and detecting, but there's a lot out there and that is going to cause issues of its own. Joining me now is Jennifer Gillis. She's the Senior Manager of Surveillance at the Canadian Cancer Society. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is a, a lot of interesting numbers in here, but sort of some 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 positive, but also some signs for concern. And a lot of it's around diagnostics and so forth, or at least catching people early, uh, I guess is the right way of putting it. Uh, how do you see it? Thank you for having me and, and asking that question, because this report is so important because it does measure cancer prevalence, which we know is an important measure of the impact of cancer on our communities, society, and the healthcare system. And cancer prevalence is impacted by both cancer incidents, so more people being diagnosed with cancer, but also um, survival, so more people expected to survive their diagnosis as well. And so as you touched on, it really does highlight um, areas of concern around more people being diagnosed with cancer, but also areas of optimism around the survival. Is there any, I know these numbers from were from back in 2018, uh, is there any concern that uh, with the pandemic, that this is just a hint of what's to come when you're seeing um, increases, but, but where people aren't being caught early enough. Yes, thank you. That's, a, again, a very important question. And there was actually a report by the Canadian Cancer Society that was released in September called Living at the Crossroads of COVID-19 and Cancer, which did highlight that the pandemic meant delays and interruptions for care for many. And so without new investments in supporting policies, our healthcare system may be under-resourced to keep up with the growing need uh, and growing number of Canadians who will be impacted by cancer. And so that's why uh, we really are advocating for all levels of government to work together and come up with a way to support people affected by cancer, because we know as more people live with or beyond cancer, an already stretched healthcare system will be faced with additional pressures. Yeah, health ministers uh, were meeting with the uh, in Vancouver. I think it's done. They don't seem to have come to a deal, but it would seem like um, like many other areas of the healthcare system, when it comes to cancer treatment, um, there are some storm clouds in the distance and we need to be ready for them. Yeah, people in Canada need an immediate investments in our healthcare system that ensures equitable and timely access to cancer care services for all, really regardless of where we live or where we receive our care. So as a voice for Canadians who care about cancer, we do believe it's time for all governments to commit to long-term, stable health funding that will create a sustainable healthcare system that's able to address the current but also future needs of all people living in Canada with targeted funding prioritized for cancer care. Yeah, where would you see that? Because reading through parts of the report, um, there were areas where you feel like there is not enough funding. And a lot of it has to do, I gather, with, with sort of the all-encompassing nature of cancer care, which is pre-diagnosis, post, I mean, pre-diagnosis would be earlier diagnosis, uh, post, post-cancer, and even end-of-life care, too, where you feel there are real gaps when it comes to what Canadians are receiving. 
So I'm not an expert in the area of healthcare funding, so I can't dire uh, directly address that question. But we do know that uh, new investments are needed. And we can say that there are areas where uh, additional investments, in particular around research, could really support people affected by cancer as well as those who are at risk for cancer. And so we know as more people are diagnosed with and survive cancer, these research investments could really help reduce cancer risk. So help us reduce how many people are being diagnosed with cancer by reducing risk, but also ensuring those improvements to timely methods for detection, diagnosis, and treatment, but also investments in research to help support and ensure that people living with and beyond cancer have high quality of life after their cancer diagnosis. And actually a key part of these efforts to enhance prevention of cancer as well as support those living with and beyond cancer is the Canadian Cancer Society's recent launch of its Centre for Cancer Prevention and Support. It's truly a first of its kind facility in Canada that, and it's a centre that leads new nationwide research, but also programs that help prevent cancer before it happens, but also address the challenges of life after cancer for people who are affected by cancer. For someone who works within this, um, we've been talking, we obviously have been talking about cancer for many, 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 many years at this point. It feels like there are advances, but where are we in terms of, from where you sit, where are we in terms of our of our ability as, as a healthcare system and as a society to both prevent, treat, and then deal with those who live with cancer compared to where we were, say, 10 years ago? Thank you again for a great question, because it really does underscore the importance of this report, because this report, by focusing on cancer prevention, really helps us understand the impact of cancer more deeply and broadly. And it really highlights that there are more Canadians, caregivers, families and friends who might require more compassionate support throughout their cancer experience from diagnosis to treatment and life after cancer. So there's many areas. Um, that we can ensure that we're providing support holistically for people affected by cancer, however long their cancer experience may be. Again, I'd like to turn to the fact, because there's probably lots of people listening who have been affected by cancer, to note that the Canadian Cancer Society offers compassionate support programs right now for those who have been diagnosed, for their caregivers, families, and friends that can really make diagnoses feel less scary, make treatment a little easier, and help people facing cancer and survivors thrive. Yeah, because when you look at a report like this, I mean, where are you seeing, just on, just on a on the ground, to use that expression, um, where are you seeing gaps that need to be filled quickly, do you think? Again, really tough but good questions because we know how impactful cancer is for all of us in Canada. Many of us have been touched by cancer. So I do think there have been, there have been great advances in research such as liquid biopsies to help us better detect prostate cancer. But we know that uh, as more people are being diagnosed, those research investments around reducing risk, so prevention, thinking about ways that we can reduce risks for people in Canada. But I, I wanna underscore, especially in context of this report, also how do we ensure that there's high quality of life for those who have been diagnosed? And so this is an area where research funding can really be supportive. And so we know that um, the Canadian Cancer Society continues to invest 
the brightest minds in cancer research in Canada to meet some of these gaps. Another area is the lower survival cancers and the Canadian Cancer Society actually did launch a specific targeted funding program to meet the needs uh, and start to address how we can uh, improve survival for cancers such as lung, liver, esophageal, where we know that improvements in survival are needed. Jennifer Gillis, thank you. Thank you for having me.